my senior year, I was a, a state champion in, in track and field and uh, got a scholarship to run collegiately. So yeah, that's kind of how it all began. You know, uh, I grew up in St. George, Utah. And so all this was taking place there. We have many, many trails in St. George. So it's such a perfect <laughs> setting. Yeah, it was just perfect. Like, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for a better place to grow up, better opportunities. It just kind of seemed like it, it just kind of worked out. You know, I, I, I never would have thought I would have, have been a professional runner but I'm so glad that I ended up getting cut from the baseball team. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, things happen for a reason. And it's so interesting that you mentioned this, and I'll stay away from the word failure, but what a lot of people consider failure, I mean, it's how you take it and, you know, see what other avenues, the most successful people in the world look back more at, at you know, the points when they found themselves at the lowest and how they came out of it. So it's, it's uh, really good to hear that even your story comes from a place because if, if everything was on an upward trajectory, we, it would be an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, for sure. You know, I've had many failures in my life and it seems like the failures have always led to to, to greater things, things that I, I didn't even think, you know, were there. But somehow, you know, as, as I just kept working hard and I, I kept faith that, that things were going to work out, it, it just ends up working out and it ends up working out for the best. That's so true. So Hayden, you know, you've talked a little bit, you know, about that in your family, your, your mother's a runner, you, you have family members who are runners. So how much, you know, like this is the question of nature versus nurture. How much of your abilities would you attribute to your, um, well, to your genetics? And how much of it would you uh, attribute to hard work and put, you know, like making things happen? Yeah, you know, I I would be definitely very arrogant if I said that I I'm not I don't have talent because I I do have talent. You know, I've definitely been you know I guess blessed with with great I guess physical abilities. You know, my parents are are athletes, both of them. My my mom runs. You know, she's always been like the hardest working person I've ever met in my life. You know, whatever she puts her mind to she always accomplishes it and so she's really taught me you know the meaning of just being determined and 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 setting your mind to something and having goals in life you know my my dad also he was an athlete you know through through high school he actually almost played college baseball he was just a very good athlete his whole life and he's always just been an extremely hard worker you know providing for our family and and always instilled that hard work ethic in me um, and so, yeah, I, I have been blessed with, with talent and abilities from my parents and, you know, from my genetics, but I also think I've, I've worked really hard, you know, and I think there's many people in life that have many talents and many abilities, but if they don't put the work in, then those talents aren't going to show. And so, yeah, you know, I, I think we all have talents and abilities in some aspect of our life, but if we don't put the work in, you're never going to be able to tell what how much talent you truly have and so I would say you know maybe 50-50 really you know like yeah uh, I've I've definitely worked my butt off for to be in the situation that I am now uh, a lot of sacrifice you know I remember going through high school and through college and I would be invited by friends to go out you know and have fun and one night or, or do things and 
And it was like, you know, no, I have a hard training run I have to do the next day. And so I would go to bed early instead. You know, it wasn't all the time. I definitely like to have fun and I still have fun. But there's been a lot of sacrifice in my life. And but I think that's what it takes to be a professional athlete is you do need some sacrifice. You do need to be fully dedicated and 100 percent committed to being the best you know, athlete that you can possibly be. And, and, and you're very right. I mean, um, natural ability and athletic abilities have nothing to do if you don't have the work ethic and the commitment to put into it. So what would you say gave you that in life? I know you said your mom's a very hardworking, but paint a picture for us growing up. What was it like growing up and, you know, the beautiful surrounding that you were in? And where did you get that really sense of determination and hard work from? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of it, it's just been ingrained in me. Like, I don't know what it is in, in life. It's always just, I've always had this, like, I don't know if it's like a, a competition, like competitiveness about me, but I always try to make things a competition, you know? And it's always like, I always want to be the best. You know, I I'll always just strive to be like the best at everything I, I've done, you know? And sometimes, you know, even... Now, you know, I have these competitions with my wife and it's, it's kind of funny, you know, we, we kind of play, you know, these games with each other and, and my brother, I have these competitions with him, but also, you know, growing up, uh, like I said, my parents taught me that, that work ethic. I, uh, I remember sometimes, you know, I, I'd, I'd come home from school and all I wanted to do was like watch some TV or something. And I'd sit on the couch and, you know, get some food and sit down and watch TV and my dad would come home from work and he'd be like, he'd, he'd sit down with me and he'd like, okay, so what did you do today? And I'd tell him, you know, I went to school, I did this, I did that. And he said, well, what else have you done? Like, what kind of work have you done today? You know, what have you done to be a productive citizen in life? And, and I was like, uh, I don't know. And so, and so like, yeah, some days I, I would get out there and I'd work and I'd, you know, I'd be able to tell my dad, this is what I did today, you know, and be so proud and, and try to make him proud. And, you know, it was just a lot of things growing up that my parents taught me to, to really just try to, to be a hard worker, you know, and, and to get out there and try to be productive and, you know, don't just sit around and watch TV. And, and so I rarely did that growing up. I, I don't remember watching too much TV. It was, I was always outside, always doing something, you know, always trying to build something or go ride my bike and, you know, go off the jumps or build some jumps for my bike or, you know, times when I would just go, there was a big mountain outside my house called the red mountain. And, uh, I would go and hike to the top and down just for fun, you know, or just to say, Hey, I put in some work today. And it was always just like this thing growing up of, of trying to just be a hard worker. I mean, and, you know, you've talked about your competitive nature and, you know, your your desire to be a hard worker. So what about competitiveness do you enjoy the most? Beating other people or setting challenges for yourself or perhaps a bit of both? Uh, I mean, to be honest, yeah, there's a little bit of both, but it's more setting the challenges for myself. You know, being able to go out there and conquer a, a course or get a specific time in a race, you know, that I've been working so hard for, you know, like for instance, I'm getting ready for a race in Spain called Trans Gran Canaria. Yes. And I've, you know, and I've set these goals for this race and it's, 
it's really just motivated me, you know, to where I get out every day and I put in the work and I'm, I'm really working, working my butt off because I, I want to accomplish these goals, you know, and I've set a time goal that I want to run this race and, you know, that I want to win the race and I want to set a course record. And so, and, and I honestly, like, I, I am not going to be like, I, I want to do it so bad that it just motivates me and fires me up every single day to get out there and, and push myself so I can accomplish these goals. And, you know, usually when, when I set these goals and I, and I push towards them, I, I accomplish them or I get pretty close. And I think it's just this ingrained determination in me to, to really, you know, challenge myself and, and beat myself. So. And you obviously have a history of setting course records and FKTs and, you know, like, and for really tough ones. And you, you come through the gate blazing right from the get-go. So th that's obviously very prevalent, you know, in, in how you run. So, so, so we know that on the outside, in your head, what's going on? When, you know, yeah. when you, during the run and when you do <laughs> hit those walls, how do you break through them? Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think that I'm going out that fast, <laughs> you know, and I think Zach Miller and Jim and all these guys that, that people think go out super fast would say the same thing. You know, people look at it and they're like, wow, they're blazing. They're going out super, super fast. But in our heads, we're going out comfortable. You know, we're going out at what we have trained for and what we think is possible. You know, we we set these times, these goals, we, we train, we try to hit these these certain, you know, splits and stuff in our training. And when we hit those and we accomplish those things, it tells us in our head, hey, we can run this certain time in a race. And so I go out at that pace, you know, in a race. And that pace might seem really fast to some people, but in my head, I think it's completely possible. You know, I, I'm comfortable, you know, I'm, and, I, and I know that I can hold that pace. You know, and, and it doesn't always happen because sometimes, you know, it's ultra marathon. You never know what's going to happen in an ultra marathon. You know, mm -hmm. food situations, different things can happen. And sometimes that's what when blow ups happen. But I don't think the blow up is happening because of the pace, because I, I know that I can hit those paces. Mm -hmm. And so in my head, I'm completely confident, you know, that I can go out there and I can run these these times. And it happens a, a lot, you know, more often than not. But like I said, it's ultra marathon. You never know what's going to take place. And so, you know, but, but yeah, we do all face walls, you know, and it's, it's not to say that I don't face walls and I know that I'm going to hit walls in these races. Cause I, I know I'm going to, but I've done it enough times in practice and fought through those walls that when those walls come in races, I'm prepared to fight through them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people realize sometimes that we sometimes put ourselves through pain and and situations in our training that are actually harder than the actual race, because we know that if we can fight through these hard situations in practice, then we'll be able to do it in the race. And so that that's how I feel about things is, is I... I do workouts that are harder than race day and that way it makes the race days not necessarily easy, but easier. 
that's actually a really good tip for those people out there too it's uh, you know don't go conservative in the practice like challenge yourself more than you would uh, on race day so that's actually a really good tip for our listeners out there uh, and so i mean we know about your competitive side and how goal oriented you are so we have to talk about your very first 50 miler where you duked it out with Zach Miller and that was it's quite i mean it's, uh, you know it was very dramatic and it was you know amazing talk to us about that experience because what an experience it must have been yeah yeah it was an amazing experience and uh you know i i gained a respect for Zach Miller in that race that i will carry with me for the rest of my career you know we became really good friends and you know it was it's just it's cool how competition brings people together you know because yeah we're definitely not friends during the race you know we're fighting and and you know trying to beat each other and the whole entire race but after the race we can sit down we can talk we can have fun and and we become really good friends over these really tough competitions yeah but going into north face you know i I had no clue what I was getting myself into. You know, the longest race I'd ever ran was a 50k and I'd only done one of those before the race. And so I had no clue, but all I knew was that this was the most competitive race supposedly in North America for 50 miles, you know, if not the world, and I knew that it was going to be a hard race. I knew I knew that I wanted to be in that field. You know, I I knew that I wanted to be running with the best athletes in the world in ultra marathon and so that's why I signed up for the race. I had no clue how to train for it. I had no clue, you know, what what it was going to entail, how I was going to feel at 30 miles or or 40 miles. But I had confidence that if I trained hard enough, if I went into the race and I had confidence that I would be able to to finish the race and that I would be able to to win the race if you know if if I had a good day. And so that's what I did is I I went into that race and I was confident and 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 not fearful. You know, even though I'd never been in that situation, I I wasn't fearful. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people can learn is a lot of people fear, you know, that next step up in ultra marathon or they they fear certain races or they fear even running an ultra marathon. But don't fear you know just go into it have fun enjoy the experience and realize that your mind and your body is a lot stronger than you think and it can accomplish great things as long as you have put in the preparation before and so that's how i felt going into it and and we had an epic duel you know i i was a little upset that i didn't win the race because it was so close and you're competitive by nature yeah so. exactly but at the same time i was happy with the performance because it was like wow i just ran 50 miles you know and i just competed with you know one of the best ultra marathoners in the world in my first 50 mile race and uh it fired me up to come back the next year you know the next year i took third but i am fired up to go back again and i will be hopefully going back in the near future so But, and you have a penchant for duels right like you also had the chaknot 50 uh, with max king do you think yeah. when you're put in that kind of a situation um it, it drives you more uh, do you like uh, you do you like having this well in a duel pretty much 
Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes us all run faster. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have never ran the times that we ran if it, if we weren't dueling with each other and it makes the race exciting and interesting and, and, you know, people love it. So, you know, it, it helps, it helps uh, with the fans as well, but no, I, I really enjoy dueling with people. I, I really enjoy racing, you know, and, and, and uh, when races are that close, it's a, it's a race, you know, that's what a race is supposed to be. A race is supposed to be a battle between one or two or three people. And, and that's what makes racing so exciting. Um, you know, and it helps like I've accomplished things in duels that I didn't even think were possible. And it's because when you're in a duel, all you are focused on is beating that person and you don't think about the time or the pain or anything else. You're just thinking about one thing and that's why I say your mind is so strong and you don't even realize it. If you can learn how to shut off the mind, you can do amazing things. You you know, it's interesting because it's it's always interesting hearing people's experiences of their races and what we as audiences and fans watch and how we process things. So if I was to ask you, because uh, if I was to ask you, what's the most challenging race you have been in? Uh, what would you say that is? Uh, most challenging race, let's see, probably actually my, uh, my blow up at Transvolcania was probably the hardest race I've ever been in. Just for the fact that, you know, it was so hard to finish that race. You know, I, uh, I ran 50 kilometers pretty solid. You know, me and Tim Frericks were dueling it out at the beginning, at the front of that race. And then I just had stomach issues, you know, and I couldn't keep anything in. I started cramping up really bad and I was just really struggling. And and I watched Tim run away from me. And then I watched person after person after person pass me in that race. And there were points when I was sitting on, you know, I sat down on a rock because I was like completely wasted and I I couldn't even like, I, I couldn't, I was throwing up everywhere and I was just like, am I going to finish this race? You know, should I drop out? What should I do? And in my mind, it was like, you're not hurt. You're not injured. You're just cramped. You're just cramping and you're just sick, you know, but you're not hurt. Like nothing that you do now is going to make you not be able to train or do anything in the future. So it was like, well, I need to finish then, you know? And and so I walked, you know, the last, 13 miles of that race it was a downhill too and I I couldn't I couldn't do anything I was walking a downhill and you know all these people that I knew were passing me encouraging me and and helping me and I just was I was I was just so out of it and I just I just walked and I ended up finishing the race out of respect for the race out of respect for the people running the race and just out of out of respect for ultra marathon uh, and what it can do to you. And so I could learn. And honestly, I learned so much from that race that helped me go later, you know, win CCC and win Lavaredo in these other races that I've been able to win after that blow up. And I'm so glad that I didn't drop out of that race Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I learned so many things and uh, it was hard. But like we've talked about earlier, 
after hard things comes great things. Mm -hmm. um, you learn how to learn from those hard, hard times. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, everything, it, it is, you know, coming full circle with our conversation. It's so true. And um, so from the most challenging race to what would you say is your proudest, closest to your heart achievement when it comes to races? Yeah. Yeah. The, the easiest race, the most closest to my heart race was CCC for sure. Winning that race. Um, Honestly, I finished that race and I had never felt better in my life. I finished that race and was like, wow, I could go run another 100K and be just fine. Like, how, why do I feel so good? You know, and it was just everything clicked on that day. You know, everything went right. Nutrition, everything. And I just felt so good on that day and everything came together. And it was such an accomplished race because it came after that blow up at Transvolcania and that blow up at Worlds. You know, I had two back to back races that were horrible. And I started questioning myself after Worlds. I was like, am I am I really made for this? You know, and and I I ended up getting on Twitter one day and reading an article that somebody had wrote, which don't do this. <laughs> it's not a good thing to look into things. But I read an article from somebody that said that I was going to be a burnout and that I was the next burnout in the sport and that my my performance at Transvolcania and at Worlds showed that I was the next burnout. And it really hurt me. It kind of like made me think like, oh, maybe I am a burnout. Um, and then I quickly forgot about it and I started getting back to work and training. And then CCC happened. And everything clicked and I won the race and crossing that finish line, you know, with the American flag in my hand and all those people cheering, it was just like, wow, like, you know, this is amazing. Like this, is, this is so cool. And, and it, it just, uh, it showed me like, Hey, you, you do have a future in this sport. You are good. You can accomplish great things. And, you know, yeah. I would just say that was my best performance and my greatest achievement so far because of what it, it meant to me. And it sure proved that person who wrote that a very preemptive article wrong. So, <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you've touched upon this a little bit, but, you know, we can't talk about the sport of ultras without talking further about, you know, the, the community. Yes, you're in competition with these athletes, but it's also a very harmonious communal uh, setting where everybody is looking out for each other. And, and it's this shared experience that everybody goes through and everybody knows how hard it is. So talk to us about uh, the, that community and uh, coming into the ultra community. How did your world open up to that and how has it made a difference? Oh, I mean, the ultra community is amazing. Like it's the best community I've ever been involved in. You know, I, I absolutely love the community and, and the friendships that I've made, you know, that's what makes this sport so great is yeah. Winning races is awesome. You know, it's fun. I, I really enjoy it, but the friendships that I've made over the years in ultra running is what really means the most to me. Mm -hmm. I've made friends from all over the world. You know, I just got back from Gran Canaria in Spain. I was there for a month and I made so many friends, you know, and people just coming up to me and, and, you know, congratulating me and and we we just connected it was it was crazy i was out there at a, at a camp 
with Get a Menace. Um, Get a Menace, me and, and he, he had a camp going on. And there was like, you know, 10, 12 people in the camp. I had no clue who any of these people were, you know, but I, he asked me to come speak to him one night. So I went out and I spoke to him one night about my training and all these different things. And it was just so cool because I, I go into the house and it was like, it felt like I was coming home. Like it felt like I was surrounded by family. You know, everybody was just so cool. And it was like, by the end of the night, we were like all best friends, you know, and family. And it was just like, this is just so cool. Like, and people were inviting me to their houses and stuff. And, you know, and like, hey, if you're ever in Poland, you know, come to my house. You can stay here. You know, I'll take you out on the trails. And it was just like, like, how, you know, like that just doesn't happen in this world. You know, you just don't have people like that. But but in ultra running in this community, you do. And it, it's just so cool. You know, I've had so much help from different runners over the over the years that have helped me become the athlete that I am today. You know, if it wasn't for advice from, you know, Magdalena Bollet, you know, she's helped me tremendously. You know, if get a minute, he's given me advice. You know, Timothy Olson, I was out there in Grand Canaria with him and he was giving me advice on stuff. You know, I've I've had advice from so many people, Tim Tolefson, you know, Zach Miller. And it's just so cool because we're com competitors, you know, we're competing against each other, but they're giving me advice that could possibly help me beat them someday, you know, and that's what, that's what this, this sport is about though. It's not about beating each other. It's about beating the, the course. Yeah. It's about beating the mountain. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's about accomplishing things, um, personally. Mm -hmm. And so, and of course, you've, you've talked about the ultra community when it comes to the runners, but there's also a huge support system for the runners from all the, usually the volunteers, your crew, your f friends and family support system. Talk a little about the role that they play in, you know, seeing you guys succeed and, and how important is it to you? Oh, yeah. You know, first and foremost, my family, like, I would not be the runner I am if it wasn't for my family, mm -hmm. you know, specifically my wife, you know, she is my ultimate support. You know, she encourages me to train. She, she, she just does so much for me that I, I can't thank her enough, you know, and I, I tell her this, you know, constantly like, Hey, you know, I, babe, I'm, I'm so thankful for what you do for me because it's really, it's, I'm a professional athlete, you know, because of her, you know, she, she's the one that encouraged me to try to make this work as a professional athlete, because after college, I was going to go to medical school and just forego running because I didn't think it was possible to, to become a professional runner and, and get paid to do it. But she was like, you know, I know what your dreams are, you know, and I know your dreams are to become a professional athlete. She's like, give it a year, you know, give it a year, try it out. You know, she's like, if we're broke and we have no money, I don't care. She's just like, as long as you're going after your dreams and you're trying to be, do what, you, what, you, what I know that you, you want to do, she's like, that's all that means to me mm -hmm. or that, that, you know, that that's everything to me. And, uh, so I did and it ended up working out, you know? And, and so if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't even be here. You know, my parents support me. I, my brother is, he's always out there crewing me in races. You, you know, people might met him out on races because he's always the one out crewing me, 
You know, I have a great support system at home that helps me, but also the volunteers, you know, the, the race directors, you know, the, all of these people that really strive to, you know, just help us. It's, it's amazing to, to see all the support out there. And I'm very grateful for, for all those people that I've, uh, I've been associated with over the last few years. And now speaking of a different kind of support, uh, sponsorship, uh, you are a Hoka One One, um, uh, you know, athlete and you have a few other sponsorships. Not anymore. Not anymore. I switched. Oh, you switched. <laughs> I'm with Ultra Ultra. Now. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about sponsorships <laughs> in general because you have more than just one sponsor as well, I believe. Um, how does sponsorship play a role in an athlete's life, especially when someone's, you know, st starting out to get a big sponsorship. How does it, how does it free you up and how does it um, aid you? And how yeah, important is it? I mean, it, it, it it's, it's, <laughs> like I said, it's, it's everything, you know, like if, if I don't have support from, you know, Ultra and these other sponsors that I have, I can't train like I need to train. You know, they, they not only provide gear, but they provide freedom for me to be able to train like I need to train, you know, by, by aiding with financial support and, you know, travel money and different things like that. You know, they, they not only do that, but they also involve us in the companies, you know, and they help us, they, they, they let us do, you know, product development and different things like that that really help us to be able to um, accomplish our goals because, you know, if we don't have the right shoe or if we don't have, you know, new shoes to train in, we're going to get injured, you know, or we're not going to be able to run as fast as we need to run. But these companies are so involved in, in helping us and, and be becoming the athletes that, that we need to be. You know, and Ultra does an amazing job at that. You know, I've been with them for a month now. I actually switched in January from Hoka to Ultra. Um, I was with Ultra for two years, and now I switched over to, or with Hoka for two years, and now I switched over to Ultra. And I'm so happy with, you know, the transition that I've made. Um, you know, I love the product. That's the, for, the first and foremost thing. The reason I switched was the product. Um, it helps me to be the runner that I know I need to be. Um, it's helped me improve my form. It's helped me stay injury free, having these products from Ultra. And, you know, like I said, I, I can't accomplish anything as a runner if, it, if it's not for my, my gear and, you know, and, and the, the products that I receive from the company. Let's talk a little bit more about the gear because, you know, the, the sport has come such a long way just in the past decade when it comes to gear and development of gear. And of course, amazing athletes like you have a huge role to play in it because you are involved in, you know, product development and you're the guinea pigs in many ways for certain things and you, you, you fine tune things. So talk to us about some of the gears that you really enjoy working with and how, and how they have changed your game up. Yeah. Uh, so recently, like I said, with Ultra, I have started using um, their trail shoes and their road shoes. You know, the the shoes that I've so far really fallen in love with is I love the Superior. Um, Ultra just came out with the Superior 4. It's an amazing shoe. I actually did a workout in it today and I love it. Um, they also have the Lone Peak um, that I've been really using a lot and loving. And then a couple of road shoes that I really enjoy are the the Duo. And then um, the Torin 
um, are, are both great shoes that I, I work with uh, that I've been using ultra they uh, they're a zero drop shoe and so that was you know a little bit of a transition from me you know I never ran in zero drop before but that was one thing that helped me you know to make help me make the uh, decision to switch to this company was I started testing the shoes and I fell in love with that concept because it brought me more up on my toes and it helped me get into my proper running form, you know, which alleviated some pains and some injuries that I had been dealing with. It also helped me produce more power, I felt like. So I was running faster times than I'd ever ran before. You know, there is a transition phase. I had to take three, four weeks to kind of transition into the shoe. My calves were a little tight, but I was, I was careful with that. And now my legs feel they've never felt better. You know, I, I don't feel no soreness. They, they feel fresher than they've ever felt before when I go out there and run. And it's just been amazing. So yeah, the ultra has been amazing, um, company so far to work with. And, and, um, I also am sponsored by Nathan. Um, and Nathan, I've been using the vapor Crar pack. Um, I love that pack. It's got everything I need in it. You know, it's, the capacity is perfect. The, the four liter one is the one I use and, uh, it helps me to stay hydrated, you know, in my races. And, and that's a definitely a crucial part of, of ultra marathon is making sure that you're fueling properly. Um, I also am sponsored by a company called Unived and, uh, Unived sports. They're based out of India. They're a nutrition company. And also they, they started making socks. The socks are amazing. I just started using them. They have compression. And so they actually keep your feet um, like fresh for the entire run. I've had no blisters in the socks. And so they've been an amazing product. Um, check them out. You know, if you're looking for a good pair of socks, the Univet sports socks are awesome. And the nutrition I'm, I'm, I've been working with this company a lot lately and we're developing a product that is going to be amazing. You know, I'm, I'm testing it out in trans grand Canaria. It's a drink mix and a gel line. Um, that is going to provide more carbohydrates and really help runners get through, you know, their ultra marathons better, you know, with less stomach issues and it's a vegan product. So it's very healthy, um, you know, as healthy as a gel can be, I guess you'd say. Um, and so, yeah. And then I, I'm also sponsored by Coros Global. It's a new watch company. Um, their watches have been awesome. They download straight you know into into the app so quickly um the, the watches are accurate and i've been loving working with them and i'm actually going out to china to do a race with koros and we're gonna you know we've been talking about product and development so yeah i have amazing companies that i work with um and if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be in the situation i am now and i can't thank them enough for all that they've done for me um if you have any more questions about any of my sponsors you know feel free to reach out to me because i will just talk your ear off about them because <laughs> I, i'm really grateful and i'm really happy with all the products that i'm using right now that's that's so wonderful to hear because th th that is something you know when there are athletes of your caliber out there you should be getting the support and you should be having an input as far as you know the, where the future of uh, these products and development definitely development of those products so you 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 talked about 
nutrition as far as the gels are concerned so but let's talk about your personal nutrition philosophy because even in the sport of ultra everybody comes from a different school of thought and it's also a lot has to do with what works for them uh, what is your what nutrition works for you yeah well i mean i've tested a lot over the last few years you know just to see you know i've tried taking just food in a race you know i've tried just taking water or drink mix and all these different things and what I found out that works for me is I actually talked to Jeff Browning um, a lot about what he does because I feel like he's a good person to talk to. He's been doing this for years, you know, and he, he seems to get through 100-mile races, like, really well. And uh, you know, he's the king of 100-mile races right now, I would say. And uh, so, yeah, he was talking about how he takes a drink mix, you know, uh, and his drink mix, you know, he, he sips on it throughout the race you know, just little sips at a time. And, uh, you know, and, and this provides, you know, those carbohydrates and his electrolytes and everything that he needs there. Then he'll take a gel, you know, he'll, he'll do gels every now and then. And then he does fruit at aid stations. Um, and those are the three things that he does. And, you know, I know Carl Meltzer has said numerous times that all you need is, you know, fruit and, and gels pretty much. And uh, so I, I tested this out because I'm like, hey, these guys are like the best hundred milers ever, you know, why don't I test it out? And so I, yeah, that's what I've been doing is I, I sip on drink mix throughout the race, um, the drink mix from Unived, and it provides the carbohydrates, electrolytes, and some caffeine as well. Um, and so I sip on that throughout the race. And then I take, and I, so I do one of those an hour, one drink mix an hour. I do one gel an hour. Um, and so between the drink mix and the gel, that I've been using recently, it provides the carbohydrates that I need. And then I take fruit at aid stations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then I take salt caps, you know, in the race to provide some extra electrolytes mm -hmm. and prevent cramping. But that's about it. You know, drink mix, gels, fruit and salt caps. You know, if my body is not responding to that, and it's maybe craving something at an aid station, then I might, you know, grab a little something here, grab a little something there, you know, maybe some Coke or some water or whatever. I try to listen to my body as much as possible because I, I feel like my body will tell me what it needs. Um, I think that's a crucial part is you need to listen to your body because your body's going to tell you if it needs salt or if it needs carbohydrates or what it needs. And, and, and then, you know, listen and, and do what it tells you to do. But yeah. That's my, 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 uh, nutrition is very, very simple. You know, it's, uh, it's very easy and it seems to work great for me. And, you know, recently I've been focusing a lot more on nutrition because the first part of my career, I, I did not focus on nutrition at all. I've, I've haven't told a lot of people this, but at CCC, this people think I'm lying when I say this, I only drank 24 ounces of water the entire race so two tiny 12 ounce bottles of water and had four gels the entire race and that's it and i made it through the whole entire race and people are like that's crazy like there's no way and yeah like i i did and but recently i've been focusing a little bit on more on nutrition and it seems like i'm running even better so I think nutrition is very important, but that being said, I've, I've always kind of been a minimal minimalist when it comes to nutrition. 
but I'm trying to uh, focus and, and work on that. <laughs> well, well, we are excited. Uh, we're definitely excited to see, uh, you know, what else comes as far as uh, that is concerned with your gels. Um, you know, you have, you're still very young and this sport has a long life. There are elites that are, you know, much, much, much older than you. So you have a long future in this sport. So if I was to ask you to predict what direction do you think the sport of ultramarathon is going in and do you like it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I think faster and faster guys are coming into the sport and I think it's just going to continue to get faster and faster and faster. I come from a speed background and so it's, it, it's good for me, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, I like the competition, you know, I, I like that there's faster guys coming in and, and it, it providing more and more challenges, you know, course records are going down like every single race. It seems like broken um, by women, women are breaking records. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, faster women and men, you know, it's, it's been amazing to see how, 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 you know, the sport is growing. Um, I think it's good for the sport. You know, I think it's just going to get bigger, you know, and um, you know, some people might not like that, you know, cause they kind of like the, you know, the, the low profile of ultra marathon, but it's just inevitable. It's going to grow. You know, people are gravitating towards the mountains, towards the trails. They're, they're loving the sport. And I think that's a good thing because it's providing more health and, you know, it's, it's getting people into this wonderful world that we live in, which is a good thing. And, uh, I, you know, th that being said, it's, it's going to, probably you know bring more money into the sport you know and more money is going to provide for the athletes but that being said it might also bring more you know doping in the sport you know or different things like that but i think if we can make sure that we are you know striving to promote a clean sport mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. if we're striving to you know make the transitions that need to happen as the sport grows, we're going to be just fine, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to be an amazing thing to see, you know, and uh, it's already awesome to see so many races popping up all around the world, you know, where you can run anywhere in this world pretty much now. And, you know, it's a really cool thing to see. Mm -hmm. And uh, I say, you know, bring on the African, you know, the East African runners, you know, people, are nervous about East Africans and stuff coming into the sport, but I say, bring it on. You know, we want the fastest guy in the world in this sport because we want to show people, you know, how strong and how fast we truly are. And that, you know, I am, I'm definitely one to not back down from a challenge. You know, I, I want to be in the fastest races. I want to be in the, with the fastest guys. I want to be breaking course records, you know, and it might sound a little arrogant, but that's what I, you know, that's what I train for. That's what I train so hard for, you know, and, and I want to take risks, you know, go after world records, you know, go after big wins at Western and UTMB and, mm -hmm. and strive to do things like break 14 hours at Western States or whatever it is, you know, and I think it's good for the sport, you know, that, that, that there's people coming into the sport that want to do these things. Mm -hmm.
So obviously, when, as the sport grows, it's it's an amazing thing, like you said, for the athletes because they get more support and they can, you know, focus on 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 the game. Um, and of course, it introduces more people to this amazing world of ultra marathons. But also, then we have the question of conservation, wildlife, cons- you know, like the environment. Uh, where do you think uh, the responsibility to make sure that we don't damage, uh, you know? the the playing ground that we are playing in uh, how important do you think it is for the athletes to take that cause on and to do something about it oh very very uh important you know we just need to educate people you know that's what's the most important thing i think claire gallagher mm-hmm. you know, she's a good friend of mine she does an amazing job at this you know she's always posting on her social media and educating people you know not just saying like oh you, you know we need to you know do this or do this but she says how we can do it, you know, and she gives gives people, you know, links to things that they can go to call a senator or, or you know, do this or do that. or do. And I think that's amazing is is we need to truly educate people mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, the more people that come into the sport, the, the you know, I guess that it could go two ways, you know, because more people can bring power, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you educate them properly, the more voices we have the more power we have. But if those people aren't educated properly, then it could go the opposite way. And it could cause a lot of destruction, you know, and and different things like that in our wildlife. But I think as athletes, we need to be proactive in educating people, you know, and helping helping to promote um, this, uh, I guess, the protection of our our lands and our wildlife and striving to uh, do the best that we can because we have a lot of influence, you know, we on social media and everywhere we go. And you can always throw in little tidbits here and there um, to help people just think, you know, think about things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then those people will go and educate themselves by researching. And uh, but if you're always striving to just little by little, you know, throw in some things here and there, I think it it'll that that's what we need to do yeah it's not just about talking going on and on about the problem it's also about the solutions and how to fix things yes so a more comprehensive outcome. and we have a lot of good you know companies and races and stuff that are trying to be proactive in this you know this weekend the rufa race you know running up for air is happening in here in utah in the salt lake valley you know um, educating people about the pollution issue in the salt lake valley and raising money to help clean the air up and, you know, they've already made a huge impact on Utah. You know, they've talked with the governor and the governor is, is, uh, talked about, you know, um, putting money, uh, towards helping clean the air mm-hmm. in the Salt Lake Valley. And so it's happening, you know, it's happening little by little. And, and I think as us athletes, you know, race directors and, you know, brands, um, band together to really help, um, this situation, we can, we can do a lot of good. Yes. So, uh, those are really powerful and, uh, you know, uh, meaningful words, uh, because it is, it's, it's, it's important 
to not lose hope and to know that things are being done. Um, and as long as uh, amazing athletes like you are, you know, uh, are on the side of the cause, it's 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 looking up. Um, so finally, Hayden, um, any final words? What first of all, tell us what can we look forward to from you in 2019, and uh, how do we keep track of you? Yeah, uh, best way to keep track of me, I guess, is my social media on on Instagram. You know, it's Hawks underscore Hayden one one. You can follow me there on Instagram, and I I usually keep it pretty well up to date and help people. You know, see what you know, as they can follow along with my story, the travels that I do with my family, the different races that I'm running around the world. Um, it's a great, you know, great avenue to see that on Facebook as well. You can follow me. I keep that up to date as well. Um, but yeah, looking forward, I'm really excited for my schedule this year. I, I'm going to hopefully have a great 2019. I'm very, very fit right now, actually. I, I think I'm fitter than I've ever been before, actually. Uh, I had an amazing a training camp over in Grand Canaria the whole month of January. Um, now I'm back home training at altitude and I just feel so good. Like everything's kind of playing out perfectly. I've had a good mix of speed, you know, with mountain training and it's been perfect. Um, so yeah, first race is trans Grand Canaria um, on February 22nd, 128 kilometer race out in Spain. I'll be running that. It's part of the ultra trail world tour. One of the bigger races. Um, and then I'm going to China in April to run an 80K out there in China. I've never been to China, and I always wanted to go and see what it's like. The, it's growing tremendously, the, the sport is in China, so I want to be involved in that. And then I'm running Broken Arrow Sky Race out in California in June, and that'll help prepare me for the ultimate goal, which is UTMB um, in August. I'm trying to become the first American male to win UTMB. And, uh, that's been just, it's like an obsession for me now, <laughs> you know, to try to be that guy that wins UTMB. And, and I had a great year last year, you know, training out there in the Alps. And I think I'm prepared, you know, if I can, if I can feel how I'm feeling now leading into UTMB, it's, it's going to be a good day. And, uh, you know, hopefully between Trans Grand Canaria and UTMB, um, I can hopefully win the ultra trail world tour, which has been a goal of mine. Um, I hope to do well at all these races. And then my final race of the year is I'm actually going to run desert solstice in December out in Phoenix. And I'm going to try to go after the world record in the hundred mile on the track. Um, I think a Russian athlete holds it right now. And I'm going to try to bring that record to the U S and get the, the world record. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of have a mix of some flat stuff, some mountain stuff. I really want to diversify myself as a runner and go after big accomplishments and go after things that, that I've always dreamed of going after. So out of <laughs> flat or mountains, which, which terrain is your favorite? It's hard. It's hard <laughs> for me because I come from a speed background. I love the mountains though, and I've done really well in mountain races. So, I don't know, it's like 50-50, really. Like, that's why I like to, to mix it up, you know, do some flat stuff, but also do some mountain stuff. And I think that's what makes, uh, you know, you a, a really good ultra marathoner is if you can, if you can do both. You why know, choose really when work... you don't have to? 
yeah, I really look up to the athletes that not only can go crush a mountain race, but they can crush a flat race as well. You know, it's really cool to see. And, you know, next year will probably be more of a flat year. And then, I don't know, maybe the next year will be a mountain year. I kind of want to, you know, mix it up and do some flat years, some mountain years, and, and just really go after all those dreams and goals that I've had. Well, Hayden, thank you so much for giving us your time. We really wish you the very best. We hope to see you carrying the American flag across the uh, finish line in UTMB and actually all the races. Why not? So we wish you the very best and thank you so much for giving us your time. And we'll definitely at Iron for Ultra keep track of you. And we'll also put all your social media handles in, in all the description so people can uh, find you easily. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Yes, yeah.